wouldn't just lose his moral compass. Peter was in a rough spot when Yondu found him. <coughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, apparently Peter is <coughs> working at the same Dairy Queen his dad decides to pop up at. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. It's like, that's a different story for a different time. Story that ends a, a universe, he said, too. That's pretty crazy. Well... I, you, if you really, really think about it, that, that post credit scene in, in that episode is pretty high on Hollywood. On Hollywood. I'm surprised him with that one. That was a pretty good tangent. I'm Clint Flurry. This is Austin Campbell. He can say his own name, but I'm going to say it for him today I'm not that. because I think not he just thing. needs someone to acknowledge that he exists in this multiverse of madness. Yeah. World ending. Universe ending. The universe ends with Peter Quill. The universe will always end with Peter Quill. No, not really. Um, there, There's definitely a lot of fun to be had with this concept, and I guess... Uh, <coughs> it's such an interesting concept, which I like. It's so what a left field. It's a show about potential, right? And I, uh, I think that it's been a missed opportunity for Marvel, <coughs> excuse me, not to already have this. Honestly, I'm surprised there wasn't an '80s what if show or, or anything because uh, it it's just interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it seems like it's rife for even that and storytelling back in that day. Really, like I mean, uh, yeah. So it's good to see it now. Good to see it being capitalized on because this was a really well written story. Very, I was very impressed. So it, 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 it pays homage to a lot of it was actually MCU's, MCU's uh, cosmic building. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to see. Well, as we were saying earlier, like I mean, uh, well, I certainly was surprised, but pleasantly so to see Thanos pop up. You know, mm -hmm. as one of the Ravagers, and you know <laughs> the like constant jibing about how his whole original plan was genocide. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's just like, oh my god, it was genocide, okay? And he's like, whatever, it's, you guys. It's not genocide. It's like, it was all you done at it. random. It's okay. <laughs> it yeah, was all yeah. done at random. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and that was his big, like, it's okay. You could justify it because everything's just done at random. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And that's that's when I burst into dust right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I know, I love that. I love that whole... But I love the fact that, like... Because it actually shows that Thanos... I don't know. I don't know if, it's like, yeah, he was the Mad Titan, but it also shows, like, the idea of, like... You're, you're getting a lot of this shit in this day and age about the anti-hero or the villain not really straight up being a villain anymore. Right, you know. Well, we were talking about that too. Loki, right? Um, who was the other anti-hero we were talking about? Uh, the point being, that's that's a like huge. It, I think that's what the show is kind of showing. Is just like one little, one little change, one little tick, mm. can 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 change short shape the balances where heroes can be villains and villains can be heroes. And there's, I'm pretty sure we're we're gonna probably see a one of those verses, one of those universes in the What If series. We definitely will. We definitely will. And I think there will be some crossover between this and uh, Multiverse of Madness in some way, shape, or form. You know, we might not exactly get the Peggy Carter or Captain Carter cameo that people uh, are speculating about, but I think, you know, there's potential for... There's just, it just opens, you know, the Pandora's box has been opened. Um, 
Loki opened it. <laughs> Loki opened it. Yeah. And then we got a nice little, uh, a nice charming little story about Robin Hood. Like, it's a Robin Hood yeah, story. It's literally right? a, a nice little, it's also a heist film, a heist, yeah, heist short, which, is, which pulled it all together. And it and it's kept and the momentum going. Yeah. It was a really, it just shows, like, how the influences of T'Challa can, is, is, can spread across the universe. And that's kind of like what they were getting at. Was this idea of instead of like oh instead of like uh, bringing balance to the universe, let's bring peace to the universe. Let's go look right. in the, the you know and uh, and let's 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 start by you know taking this this rhetoric of taking from the rich and <laughs> yeah I know no <laughs> giving it to the poor yeah. is the way it's like this very big socialist rhetoric. So I mean it's very uh, I thought it was very. In the aspect of it, like the whole cartooniness of it was just it was it was like a nice cool cartoon. Mm. That was a, a fun animated style. Had a lot of charm, a lot of a lot of comedy. Had a moral at the end. No, and that's the thing. Like it had, it, it was just a really again well written in the sense that it it covered all those bases and right. it really pulled me in. And you know, you even mentioned you know it made you emotional, right? Like I, right, I felt yeah, that yeah. too. Just because also, of course, hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice. Knowing this was the last time he's ever gonna get to play Chala, like that's pretty crazy. That was that was the last time, right? That was his, that wasn't that wasn't this his last performance? This is his last performance last as the character. Yeah. yeah, like what? Like wasn't this his last performance? Like ever? Ever? ever. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Not just of this character, but like. Oh yeah, end of well yeah. Like it was the end of it. Well, like, did he did he do anything after this? No, I think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom might have happened after this. Like I think there were there might have been like a film after this or something. But yeah. Cause I don't I don't know when they recorded what if I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like depends on when they were when they recorded the the lines. But it was because his final performance as T'Challa, and it was a good one. I loved it. It, it was it was very. You could just, tell him. Yeah. Well, that he had it was fun a lot of it. fun. It was so much fun. Mm. Just even with just with Brolin and, and all the different cast and characters that were there. Gamora was. Just the fact that that she has hair. And <laughs> oh, there was no Gamora. We didn't. Even oh, that's sorry, Gamora. I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, no. Oh my God, no, Nebula. Making, yeah, Nebula. Nebula was there. Gamora wasn't even there. Yeah, we no. didn't see Groot or or Rocket. No, 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 no. Well, we didn't need, and you don't, because it. If there, if there, if it were not for Peter Quill, I don't. Yeah, the Guardians wouldn't really exist yeah. because he brought together these misfits, yeah. right? I just like would have liked to have seen. At least grew to rock it and see where they were. I like the fact that Drax was there, and Drax is like working at a bar, and he's like, hey. <sighs> Drax was cool, though I was sad Dave Bautista didn't come back. And yeah. uh, I thought it was cool to see Jimon Hansu's character, the, the guard from the beginning who gets, you know, beat up. And was like, totally, you know, classic Star-Lord. That was my favorite, because, you know, he just was a straight bad guy in the other ones, right? So. Yeah. And he joined the Ravengers. He was a ah, new guy. He was the guy they're explaining to everything to. And right. I just love Chala has him up on top of his back. He's like, yeah, he's like, you got a new recruit. <laughs> I know, I know. And, you know, Yondu was great, too. Yes. You know, it was also even even the, the weird, uh, not weird, but even the, the, the father-son relationship developed there was interesting, even within the, the half hour we had, right? Yondu just really needed family. He needed, yeah, yeah he needed The son. whole thing was just like, I need, I just need someone to get me. Pretty much. And it's like, it was his whole relationship with Peter Quill, and his. Yeah, he's just like, I need a son. I need someone to teach stuff to. And 
I guess with, with the difference with Chala and Peter Quill, especially with Yondu, is Yondu completely went straight. With Peter Quill, there was no... There was, there was no hope for him going straight. There was no, like, thread or line that would uh, get him to a point. It's like, no, you're... Until... until you can make more money too. by, you know, robbing from the rich. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I would argue until the end of Guardians 2, right? Where Yondu does kind of change his... Uh... Well, Yondu, yeah. Yondu, yeah, well, Guardians 2 is Yondu's redemption arc. Big mm. time. And a fulfillment of that fatherly role because... Uh, the whole idea of ego and Yondu were were well, they were polar opposites and kind of that doubled right. father role, right? Right, right. So when you have you don't have this here, you have the straight Yondu just taking up the father role, and it's like that is my son, mm. that is my boy. It's like yeah, and it still had like the whole I want to protect you from, you know, then that that I want to protect you from yourself or protect you from. I don't want like basically Yondu was just holding this information because he didn't want to lose him, right? Right. right. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting watching these one-offs and kind of imagining what could be, you know, and also like just seeing them have fun with concepts they previously explored, but in new ways. Like even though the collector. You know, and the way he was represented in this is like this big bad instead. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I was like, okay, let's take the most obscure character and just buff him out. Mm. And oh, he looked ridiculous. Yeah, I was yeah, like, it was <laughs> just like, and it, and it played it up really good. He was very menacing. Yeah. And the fact that he's like, this guy's the supreme overlord of the fucking universe, literally took down the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently, freaking Captain America's shield, shield just Thor's hammers there. Like, yeah, no. Unbelievable. But I, I, I love that. I love that, too. And, I, again, I like the surprises, kind of, that pop up in these episodes like that. You know, with different characters. It's unexpected. I mean, with Captain Carter, you know, trying to think, kind of, of the more... I mean, with Steve, right? I mean, definitely a big change. Him not mm -hmm. being Captain America, so it's like, okay, oh, now he's the Hydra Stomper. Bucky not becoming Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, yeah, that one had its fair amount of surprises, too. So. Well, we don't know that. We don't know if Bucky does. Maybe somebody else comes to Winter Soldier. Uh, you're right. Yeah, Bucky well, didn't Maybe fall. later down the line. You never guess. You, know, you don't know. But, however, that it, it, it doesn't seem likely, either. It doesn't seem likely that that was the happen. And, and I love how it just, like, it's a tiny little change that does it. You know, a little ripple effect, yeah. There's a tiny little ripple effect. It's just instead of picking up Peter Quill, they picked up T'Challa. Mm -hmm. And literally only because he happened he to throw his his thing outside the perimeter. And yep. <laughs> and they were like, that's a human. That's a human, boy. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's got two eye holes, two uh, ear holes, one, <laughs> uh, one food hole. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was like... Yeah, and that was definitely also another, again, like, they, they got a random smattering of talent back, which is cool. This one had a lot of returning cast members. Yes. So that was cool. That was really cool. Even yeah. Kurt Russell at the end for a five-minute, like, sorry, five-minute, five-second line. <laughs> like, wow. The thing is, how many of these are already pre-recorded recorded lines? Well, it wouldn't have taken them long, no. I mean, it's like, right? literally, Kurt Russell can just do that over the phone. He could have done it in the booth at the same time, as, but, I mean, they, they didn't. The thing is... While a lot of stuff does get planned out, 
the only plan so far. So they didn't. They didn't ever. They definitely never planned for what if. Back when they were planning. Oh, like for sure. I'm, I'm just saying, too. like, there's probably but, something on the cutting room floor that would be like, no, no, we got it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With deep fake technologies, like, yeah, 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 no worries, we got it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. For certain one-liners like that, it's like, oh, I, you could, yeah. Kurt Russell coming all the way into the studio. He went into he went into a <laughs> studio and he That'd recorded one line and sent it digitally across the <laughs> craft service. He's in his trailer for an hour rehearsing. Sorry, five hours rehearsing. <laughs> like, We're ready for you, Mr. Russell. He's like... Alright. It's like okay. this complete Rocky mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> Steps into the booth. Sages it. Kneels <laughs> down and prays for five seconds. Gets back up. And is like... I'm here to talk to you about something incredible, Peter. Get time for your dear old dad. Alright, that's as I can remember what it was. Hey Peter, you got time for your dear old dad? It's totally like Kurt Russell right there. Hey Peter. Hey Peter <laughs> Peter, you got time for your dear old dad? Yeah. Uh no, what is it? Hey Peter, can I borrow the Oh no. Uh, there's like a there's a thing online and it's gone from my head and I'm is, turning is into family? Jeff Goldblum. It's family guy. Is it about family? It's about it's about family, family. It's about family. And really this is about family. But also so is the Fast and Furious franchise. And that's a beautiful thing. No, the MCU has definitely become about family and we kinda touched upon it. Well, it is about family. I mean, it's about extended families. Okay, wait, go back. Don't, don't. I'm not. I'm gonna, the way that I squealed, cut into what you were starting to say. So you're. Gonna... Well, it is about family. It's about extended families. What? Where are we going back to? Continue. Well, like restart again, but where you were starting from. That was just it. Say, just say it again, but cleanly, so I don't have to. And it is about family. It's about extended families. Right. And now we'll see. <laughs> right. Okay. We know we got through that. <laughs> and we will see Cut. with Ant- And we will see with Ant-Man 3 Quantum Mania. Yeah, we'll see how more family. More family. We'll see how our our new Ant Wasp deals with, you know, a teenage daughter who is... Well, stature, you know, we're going to get stature in there, and then, uh, you know, you get Paul Rudd, the ageless dad. Yep. The guy, the guy does definitely does not age. No, I've never seen a single... No, he stays the same <laughs> age movie. He might lose weight, gain a little, lose, but he okay. doesn't... Paul Rudd's a natural treasure. He's perfect. He, uh, he's like, there's no, there's no need to, to yeah. I think it was perfect casting too. I, I just yeah, I, I thought it, Ant Man just worked. It worked. Oh yeah, yeah. Although I also think Michael Douglas is perfect casting for Hank Pym, and I Dude. wish, you know, we had gotten an Ant Man series in the nineties or eighties to yeah. say, hey, look, this makes sense. This is what we're doing. We're passing the torch. We're moving it along. We're not having Although, the same Captain Americas and Iron Mans and Michael, Bruce Banners. Hey, Michael we're Douglas getting, say he was. Oh, you don't even know. You don't even know. We can just de-age Michael Douglas. He said he's willing to do it. He's willing to do an entire Marvel Studios movie of him de-aged as Ant-Man. 
Because of course Michael Douglas is like, I'm not do it. I'm not old. Yeah, exactly. I can do this. He's like, have you seen my wife? I'm not old. <laughs> she just got uh, cast in the Adams family. She's gonna be Morticia. Yeah, Morticia Adams. Adams. She should have been the Wasp. No offense, Michelle. I love you. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. That would have been weird. I think Michelle would've Pfeiffer been too, works better been too as Jenna on the nose. Yeah. I've been weird. It's too on the nose. Right? Too on the nose. Yeah. It's way too on the nose. I think that's probably why they didn't cast her. I think Michelle Pfeiffer kind of looks like a bug and it works. Well, Michelle In Pfeiffer is could be the wife of Michael Douglas if, from that time period. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer is, what, 20 years no, younger than Michael Douglas? <laughs> Rain is wheelhouse. No, it's, that's perfect. Yeah. She was a supermodel. She, you no, know, uh, yeah, anyway, that's perfect. And then... Michelle Pfeiffer was nice. No, no, I'm not saying she was. I was just going to make a joke about Leonardo DiCaprio, but she's, you know, way older than him, so that doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 he only dates models. That's, like, his thing. That's his thing, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he's got a thing. I mean, he was a child star, DiCaprio. Where's his MCU appearance? Why aren't we getting DiCaprio? I'm sure He's very funny. choosy. He doesn't want to... He doesn't... It, He's not particularly interested in it now. Not anymore. I think he's uh, he's definitely diversified as himself in, in a lot more different places. I guess, yeah, you're right. Younger DiCaprio might have done it. Yep. If he had been off, you know, if that had existed back I don't, I just, DiCaprio doesn't seem like he's interested in acting anymore. Well, I think he's definitely more about worldly pursuits and... Uh, yeah, he just, yeah, picks, his, picks and chooses. And, like, I've never seen, yeah. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so... It's good. Yeah. Good. But I mean, well, it's, 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 I like old, um, like when I say old, I mean age Tarantino. Yeah. Um, but he's an acquired taste. I mean, not, you have to be a fan too, I think, of, uh, the hateful eight and kind of that long, kind of slow burn approach. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he's, he does his own thing. He does his own thing, and that's it. He's an entrepreneur. I mean that's I don't that's why I don't see him ever like taking the reins of a of a Marvel movie. He wanted to do Star Trek though, which is interesting. Which was interesting, a rated R Star Trek. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is why he's, this is why he was writing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So he was probably doing you know a lot of smoking a lot of weed, probably smoking a lot of weed just like us and thinking about weird things like. Hey, let's uh, make a satire about uh, one, one tragic <laughs> death of, of a film star. Kevin Smith is, well, that's not, that, is that what you think, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Well, isn't it, isn't like, it's about, it's, 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 it's not historically accurate at all. I know that. It's like, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, like it's, it's shenanigans that's based around the setting of this horrible event. It messes with. Well, the same thing he does with the, what he did with Inglorious Bastards, he messed around with. It's historical fiction. Yeah. In many ways. Like, there are pockets of it. And also, there's a sequence with Bruce Lee that I also found offensive, and I don't know how he got away with it, but, I mean, it happened, and it's out there, and we live with it. It's, it's nothing about what if is offensive, but that's because no. it's Marvel, and it's, it's Disney now, too. Which it is, like, is a, it, this is a cartoon. So when you're looking, if you're looking for anything offensive in it, it's just literally, it's just straight up But I'm starting to think, ride. right? Shumagorath was pretty edgy. Yeah. And, well, what we assume is Shumagorath was pretty edgy. And also, from what I hear, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be really, like, dark, really, like, yeah. heavy. 
I have a suspicion that that is where they're headed. They're going to start tackling the more difficult subject matter. I well, look, I think that's where they're heading. Uh, it seems like that, even with Wanda. Uh, it's just franchises mature with their audience. Right? That's exactly it, and that's uh, and they. Do you want to call it woke? This isn't a woke, like because I've, I've. That's a big word that's being passed oh, that's around right. on the I'm internet. Be careful with that. You gotta be careful. This is not a woke show. I wouldn't call this a woke show, but it's like, what's wrong with woke? What's wrong with being woke? Right, right. You know, that's the thing. Uh, at this point, when I look at He-Man, and people are pretty pissed off with like Kevin Smith's He-Man, and saying, well, it's not even about He-Man, it's about Tila. What's your point? What's your problem? Tila was just as a part of that, that show as, as He-Man was, and it was about, the, yes, the masters of the universe, and it was about the passing of the torch. Also, they're making a separate Masters of He-Man and Masters of the Universe, Universe show anyway, which is going to focus on Adam, so, you know. <laughs> and it's not connected to Kevin Smith's at all, which is yeah, strange. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, backlash, so we'll just redo this. That, well, that's, I that's, even, yeah, I don't know if it's about that, but it's because it's a different style, too. And I mean, it, Hey, by all means, go ahead. You know, give it to a creator that's going to do it, and you're going to see a different take on He-Man. And do you think it's not going to be woke? Because guess what? That's the cultural climate we live in. Won't be woke enough. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll explore masculinity in a way that doesn't represent certain masculine stereotypes that are that are out there now. Like maybe T'Challa is a great example of of a positive masculine role model. Right. Right. Um, a person that literally went out. In, like, this was a boy socialization story. He wanted to go see the stars. He found, he got his treasure map and went for his treasure. You know, he yeah. went into Sherwood Forest and became Robin Hood. It, that that rhetoric is still not is not a bad rhetoric. No. And to look up to T'Challa as a person that everybody did. Everybody in that universe looked up to T'Challa. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It was like they praised him. They was like, look at this guy. The, he's the hero. His heroism was was known throughout the galaxy. Right. I mean, there was still oppression in the galaxy. Oh yeah, like I mean, that's and that was part of the point, right? I mean, it's like it's it's a. Uh... It's what you do. Yeah, yeah. I liked the moment too when he, his necklace started glowing, and when he got near that ship, mm-hmm. it was like nice. It was just cool. roots, roots. Yeah. Never forget where you came from. Exactly. Where you learned to be a good person. In the fire. <laughs> no, so in this the this fire. episode really does hit all the uh, the the good notes. This episode is yes. a definitely, uh, I would say, fantastic. And I yes, I I did tear up at the end when it said dedication to our friend. Oh, me too. Uh, because you know it was sad and uh, it was a sad and tragic event that happened. Uh, I mean, he got cancer and you know uh, he was taken way we too way too soon. Yeah, and it's just it's like ah. Uh, and I appreciate what he has done for cinema while he was here. What he has done as an actor, what he's done as a person. So, I am, well, me too. By, yeah. by and large, and the black community, and representation-wise, especially, because uh, for me, that was the most exciting thing about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch movies like Blade or uh, Spawn, and it's, all, it's always, you know, white supporting characters. It's always like... But this is... That really... Black Panther was the first, and I would, you know, because Martin Freeman's character is like, you could basically kind of not necessarily have him 
throughout most of the movie and it would still be okay. Like, it would still make sense. You really, you really he's didn't really need just him. That he was just there. He's that connection, right? And that's okay. Yeah, he's but a connection to the, the wider outside universe, part. exactly. And well, and the thing is, Martin Freeman's character was there to help Shatala show to show Shatala that yeah, maybe it wasn't a good idea to to, to remain not connected to the outside universe because of these these threats that are that were coming from the outside. Right. And they're they're gonna come up to your doorstep no matter what, and you better be prepared. And that's that's basically it. I am just sad that we're not gonna get more Chala. At least not from Chadwick. Uh, not from Chadwick. I don't know how that's gonna go. I don't know what their I know what their plans are, but I don't know Namor. But yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do it. Do it. I mean, like, why Namor? Well, it's gonna be like Wakanda versus Atlantis. Is kind of yeah. what the, the thought is here. That would be the earthquake. Yeah. Explained under under sea underwater in Endgame by Okoye. You know, the one she was like, we handle it by not handling it. Because it's, a, you know, an ancient civilization that they don't want to deal with. Yeah. But now they're going to have to, because something tells me, yeah, I don't know. It must be because of Thanos. I'm guessing they're going to come out of the water and be like, so what happened? Yeah. Why did half of us disappear and randomly What come did back? you guys do? Well, there is yeah. definitely repercussions, because you're going to see a lot of people like, okay, guys, you're really fucking with things now. <laughs> no, exactly. Especially with the multiverse now just snapping back into place after everything else just snapped back into place and be like, there's a... a what now? A multiverse? <laughs> and there's all these like different things of me coming at me trying to kill me. But this is also <coughs> why I love... Like, I'm a huge, huge fan. And don't confuse this. I'm not a fan of the Arrowverse, but I am a fan of The Flash. And the Flash has done this and more, yeah. by and large, and successfully. And I, I light it up. I love. Oh, I the, love you the know, Flash the so DC good. stuff in their television universe has always been way more better than their movie stuff. Well, yeah. They have just taken more care. That's pretty much it. Literally. And the Flash is really well done in terms of that. Like it is, it is comic booky. It does get corny. You know, it's, it's. But that's also what I love about it because it's it's. You know, it, corny is good. Well, it reminds me of the comic books too. It's like, oh yeah, you know, him stopping to tell this kid to straight oh, up, kids. basically, but not you know. Go smoke your balls. <laughs> All you kids out there, yeah. go into the into your houses and smoke your weed, <laughs> please. If you're smoking your weed and jerking off vigorously, you're not on the streets doing other drugs like cocaine. I'm going to cut every last syllable of that. No, not really. Uh, no, but it's good. And uh, I think What If also brings me back to that same kind of comic bookiness. So that's another thing I appreciate about it. Yeah. That embracing of, of its roots and uh, how it interprets those and expands upon them or uh, diverges from them or, or, sorry, subverts, I guess, would be... You know, my expectations as, a, as a, an actual... Like, as a fan of the comic books themselves... Because you have certain expectations, you know, whether it is something about the MCU or it's, you know. And that, that's always, that's been the most interesting part of the journey of the MCU is seeing how they subvert my expectations as someone who has knowledge of the comics and the characters and kind of knowing what their journeys are quote-unquote supposed to be and seeing how they actually play out compared to that. I think that's what I mostly like about watching adaptations in general is watching them subvert my expectations and trying like I know the the huge the best the biggest rhetoric in the past was like 
you know, they never do it properly. They never turn their book into the movie. You know, it's never do. It's like, well, it's a different character. It's a different vision from a different author, and that the author's take on those characters and those and that vision that the original author put out. Right. And that's how I look at adaptations. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's just another author saying, is playing with the material. Exactly. That's why the adaptations are always different. Um, and then you just it's fun reading that interpretation so it's fun reading this like little what these what if stories is like what if this happened this went a certain different way that the original author you know didn't intend and it's interesting to see like especially with like a lot of the Spider-Man what ifs yeah yeah well and Spider-Man had some really uh had some messed up what ifs too Mm -hmm. like you know um that whole uh, one of my favorite Spider-Man stories that you're never going to see adapted into film until I get to Hollywood. It's, it's called Spider-Man Reign. Yep. And it, uh, it's just this really like awesome... Uh, so I call it Days of Future Spidey. Literally. Like, you know, it's like you know Peter Parker having killed Mary Jane with his radioactive semen <laughs> lives this very... Uh, secluded sad life yeah. as an old man and it has to be coaxed back into action by Sandman's daughter it's really and then in the background you know you have Venom and the Sinister Six and you don't realize that's who you're dealing with at first until you're like holy shit that's Ed that, that's Eddie like uh-huh. yeah. and like a bunch of stuff like that but it's really cool and uh, that was spawned out of a what if in which it was like you know what if Peter what if Peter's radioactive? <laughs> Seaman killed Mary Jane, yeah. But it wasn't as explicit. I think the original what if wasn't like ex- as explicit as that. But it's like, you know, obviously in Rain, that is exactly what yeah. they touched well, on. Well, because she was pregnant at one point in time during the 90s, Mary Jane. And, uh, yeah, she lost the baby. And they were, they were, they were dealing with that at the point. And that was, was during the Clone Saga. I thought it was Gwen Stacy uh, pregnant that had the, the still child. Uh, well, Gwen, I think Gwen Stacy... Well, no, Gwen Stacy had Norman Osborn's kid. Yeah, I don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> and that also that. flat out came out of the Clone Saga. A lot of things came out of the Clone Saga. Uh, there was also um, a point, you know, I think that was Die Another Day or something like that. Like Oh, One More Day. One More Day, which one was more, yeah. and as like one of the worst storylines in Spidey because like well, they, they broke he, up Mary Jane <laughs> and Spider-Man and when he and the way it was done was pretty it was bad uh, yeah, it, was it, was bad. Just, it was not a smart move no but I think there is a way to do it and I think actually from what I what rumors tell me uh, Spider-Man No Way Home may in fact pull a one more day at the end in some way shape or form so and specifically so that no one knows Peter's identity too right I mean it's like yeah yeah well, that's that was also how they they solved that that kind of like uh, the thing that spawned out of Civil War was Peter revealing his identity. Know, One more day cool. was kind of like they're they're, they're tough. Like I, I I thought that whole line like even his Marvel art nice line was actually pretty good in that that, that sense. I think my favorite what if Spider Man story is the one where Venom what if Venom like doesn't come off of him yeah. literally just like eats him alive eats <laughs> Peter alive. <laughs> Until he meets the Hulk and he's like, oh, that's stronger. <laughs> it just discards him like a husk. So those, those are going to be some interesting stuff. Like, I don't know, uh, what's the next what if story? What's next week's what if story? I wish they would uh, explore on film the symbiote being more like cancerous, more dangerous to your, 
your physical health. We'll see what happens with Carnage. With uh, Venom's Venom's Sony's Sony's Venom. Uh, it looks too lighthearted. I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Well, you know Sony's gonna fuck it up somewhere, shape or form. They man. always do. Sony gives Spider-Man back to Marvel. <laughs> oh my God, no one can. T- can anybody tell me? No one knows what episode three of What If is. Oh, okay. Loki as he so it's Loki, yeah. Episode three of What If will focus on when Loki travels to Earth. So there you go. What if Loki travels to Earth? Yeah. Well we know that though. My guess is it's instead of Thor. So like what if Loki was banished instead yeah. of Thor? And he was banished to Earth. Would be my guess. And his glorious purpose. Well, yeah. Sometimes glorious purpose is found in the most unlikely of places, <laughs> even where all of us skin bags are. I can't wait for next week, then. Me neither. I really can't. I really can't. Um, but in the meantime, you know, don't wander off and get abducted by any spaceships. Please, don't do that. You'll find yourself in a predicament. You're going to fuck up the universe. You're going to create a multiverse. Do you understand? Let Peter Quill get abducted every time. Every time. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Earth doesn't really make it out of this one <laughs> very well. Wakanda's pretty good. Wakanda's, like, sitting there sitting pretty. Yeah, but exactly. uh, <laughs> the rest of the planet lost, like, a lot of its heroes. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there you go. All right. Get out of here.